0: Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Paul. Today is Sunday, May 17th. I mention the date today because this is the 10th Sunday now that we have had to move to online worship services only. Since the pandemic started, the economy has tanked. Jobs are in limbo, if not lost. School is done for the year. I hate to add this to the list, but in two weeks, hurricane season starts, you may be thinking, oh, what's next? It's enough to make anyone discouraged. Would you agree that discouragement is a universal disease? Everybody gets it from time to time. We all get discouraged. It's also a highly contagious disease. You get around somebody who's discouraged, what happens? You get discouraged. But it's also a very curable disease. I've discovered that what you focus on in life determines your ability to cope. And if you're discouraged, I've got some good news for you. Today, we're going to begin a new series in the New Testament book of 1 Peter. Found near the back of the Bible, it is written by Peter to a group of believers who are discouraged. Written to encourage people who are hurting. In our passage, he's going to say, I know you're going through a few trials right now. Boy, was that the understatement of the century in Peter's time. Christians of that day were being fed to the lions and burned at the stake. The Roman Emperor Nero set ablaze the city of Rome in 64 AD, and he blamed the Christians for it. They were being tortured, imprisoned thrown into the Colosseum where they would be torn apart by wild animals. Peter says, I know you're going through a few tough times. Again, what an understatement. But in just a few years, Peter himself would be crucified. He knew what it was to go through tough times. We begin 1 Peter's, that letter today, verse 1. Listen to the word of the Lord. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. These are all Roman provinces in the area, the region of Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. To God's elect, the exiles scattered all over. Verse 2 Who have been chosen. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. There's the entire Trinity at work. Foreknowledge of God the Father, sanctifying work of the Spirit, Jesus Christ, obedient to Him, sprinkled by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets, who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he preached the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them, that is the prophets, they were not serving themselves but you. Now centuries later, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, Even angels long to look into these things. Peter is saying there are three things that, as believers, you need to remember. Three things that you should not forget if you're going through a time that's so discouraging for you. Those three things to remember. Number one, God has chosen you to be a part of His family. Did you hear that in verse two? You've been chosen. Destined, that was the foreknowledge of God part, and sanctified. All indicating that you have been reserved, you've been set apart by God for His use. What's He saying? He's saying that God chose you before you chose Him. He knew all about you and chose you. That means God took the initiative. He's saying that your salvation is not an accident, it's not a fluke, it was God's idea from the very start. The Good News translation of the Bible puts it this way, that verse 2, you were chosen according to the purpose of God. Now that to me brings up two immediate questions. Question number one is, why in the world would God do that? Why would God choose you or me to be a part of His family? The answer is, not because of anything i've done or you done you've done but because of who he is because he is a god of love and he is a god of grace and the more you understand grace the more you're amazed by it god chose you did you deserve it not a chance do you or i deserve to go to heaven no way are you good enough to be in god's family no He just chose you. That's good news. And the second question is, on what basis did He choose you? Verse 3, Peter wrote, In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter is saying that God's choosing you is based on His mercy, not your performance. That's good news because you could never earn it. You could never deserve it. You couldn't work hard enough for it. You couldn't be perfect enough. It's just God's grace, God's mercy that he says, I want you in my family. The creator of the universe, get this, the creator of the entire universe says, I want you in my family. And notice then he says, we've been given a new birth. You see, faith in Jesus Christ not only affects your future that you are promised eternal life with Him in heaven, your faith in Jesus Christ also affects your present. Already in the here and now, God is giving us new birth. Of course, we're dealing in metaphors. No one is literally born again. And yet the underlying truth is, in this life, you and I go through a radical change. So the first thing to remember when you are discouraged is this. God has chosen you to be a part of His family. The second thing to remember when you're discouraged is, God is working in your life. So not only did God choose you to be a part of His family, but Peter reminds us that God is still working in your life, even when you're going through problems even when you don't feel like it. Even though you may sense that God is a million miles away, you may feel like God is a million miles away and you're all alone, God says, I am working in your life. He's working in your life right now, even though you don't feel like He is. Again, verse 2, Peter says God's Spirit is doing two things inside of you. He's cleansing you. That's what it means by the sprinkled by His blood part. He's cleansing you and He's changing you. Changing so that you and I will be more obedient. The Holy Spirit who is always molding and and fashioning so that we become more like Jesus. (laughs) You know what that means, that Jesus Christ is the world's greatest interior decorator. He's working on you on the inside even when you don't feel it. Then Peter goes on to say that there are two benefits for having God at work in your life. You get grace and peace in abundance. First, full of grace. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. You don't deserve His love, forgiveness, attention, peace, strength, presence, but that's what He gives anyway. That's grace. And the second benefit is that you will have this increasing freedom from anxiety and fear, and that's what the Bible refers to as peace. As your pastor, my heart's deepest desire is that you understand the grace of God and experience the peace of God. That's my prayer for you, just as it was Peter for his people. Now, you might be thinking, okay, that's great. That's great but you don't know the problems I'm going through right now. You're right, I don't, but God does. Listen to verse 1 from the message translation. You're not forgotten. God the Father has an eye on each of you. I may not know what's going on in your life, but God does, and He cares. So not only, no matter what, God will love you, But no matter what happens, God will help you. He's working in your life. You may feel like the situation you're going through right now is hopeless, and it's not. As long as you've got God, there is no situation that's hopeless. You may feel it's hopeless. It's not. We have a living hope. The tomb is empty. We have a living hope. So Peter can say in verse 8, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, don't misunderstand Peter. He's not saying, okay, now that you're a Christian, you get nothing but joy because your life is going to be easy. That's not what he's saying. Because even in his day, just the sheer mention of being a Christian invited persecution. We know that that's not what Peter meant. The joy then, where does that inexpressible and glorious joy come from? It comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven and your past no longer haunts you. The joy comes from knowing that God is your Father and is present with you through the Holy Spirit. The joy comes from knowing that Jesus is your Savior and with Him your future is forever secure. And that leads us to the third and final thing to remember when you're discouraged. God has secured your future. Leading into verse 4, Peter stated that God has reserved for his children life eternal. That's a precious gift. And he says it's been kept in heaven for you. And then notice three descriptions that Peter lists of this eternal life. This eternal life can never perish. That is, it won't decay with age. This life that God gives us in Christ will never come to an end. Not only that, it will never spoil. So this eternal life can never be defiled by sin. So it'll never perish. It'll never spoil. And he says it'll never fade. The life that God gives us will never lose its value. Can you imagine if God up in heaven had this big tally sheet and your name was on it, written in pencil, by the way, because every time you sin, he'd bring out an eraser and erase your name. Then you'd confess your sin. He'd write it back in again. And on and on, this would continue. Every time you sin, it gets erased. Every time you confess, he'll write it back. Now, there's some problems with this. Number one, God would have to have a mighty big eraser. Number two, the page would probably be worn out by the time he finishes. But the third thing that's wrong with this so that's the wrong way to look at God's grace and mercy. You see, here's the big idea. If you think you can lose something that God has chosen to give you, then you don't understand grace. Titus 3.5 underscores this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Titus. He saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, But because of His mercy. You see, if I were saved based on my work, obviously when I stopped working, I'd lose my salvation. If I were saved on the basis of what I did, well, if I stopped doing that, I'd lose my salvation. If you're saved on the basis of anything other than what Christ has done, then we're all lost. It's all hopeless for all of us. And you see, it's not. Again, God has secured our future. You're saved on the basis of what Christ has done, and He's done it all. On the cross, He says it is finished, and that can't be undone. Some of you, the reason you've delayed and given your life to Christ and making this commitment is because you're afraid. What if I can't keep the commitment? What if I become a believer and I sin? You will. What if I can't hold out? It's not yours to hold. We get this idea that if we go out and we blow it and we make this huge mistake and we kind of crawl into the gutter and we we utter this prayer, Oh God, I'm, I'm so sorry I let you down. I want you to hear at that moment God saying to you, You didn't let me down. You weren't holding me up. You see, you and I don't hold God up. He holds us up. That's grace. Speaking further about this fact that future is secure for us, in John chapter 10, Jesus says of the believers, I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. Or as Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love that is ours in Jesus Christ. And here in our passage, verse 5, Peter says, it is God and his mighty power that will make sure you get there safely. Isn't that good news? God will make sure your assurance of heaven isn't based on your performance. It's based on God's performance. It's not based on your ability. It's based on God's power. In his mighty power, he will make sure. So Peter says, you may go through some tough times here in life. In fact, you will go through tough times. But in light of eternity, and what you're going to see as a reward for the testing of your faith is so much greater, it makes the problems seem insignificant. So don't lose your perspective. You're going through problems right now, but God has chosen you to be a part of His family. That's salvation. God is still working in your life that's sanctification God has secured your future that's glorification you don't need to know those terms you just need to know that that's what God is doing for you so Peter concludes verse 12 do you realize how fortunate you are angels would have given anything to be in on this so what's holding you back God has done all the work. The only thing left to do is for you to say yes to Him. Yes to the fact that He wants to help you endure through these trials. Yes to the joy you will experience when you truly allow Jesus Christ to be your Lord. Yes to being filled with grace and mercy and peace and love. Here's how you receive Christ. Admit your need, that you're a sinner. Be willing to turn from your sin, that is, repent, and believe that Jesus Christ died for you and he rose from the grave. Maybe you pray a prayer like this. Dear God, I know I am a sinner. I want to turn from my sins and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart and to take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.